How are you? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Thank you. This is the Lord's Church, the Church of Christ, right? Built upon lively stones, right? Just checking, just checking. My goodness. You all hammock? You all see it? It's in a folder under lessons. I'm glad I printed it this time. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Amen. Good to be counted among the living and not being observed. Right? God has been good and I'm so thankful to him for his blessings. Brother Bobby and I kind of were talking right at the beginning of service. I said, man, I know Georgia lost last night, but I didn't know boy was going to have that kind of effect. That folk didn't want to come to service today. But that's all right. That's all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. We'll see y'all next year, maybe in the championship game. This morning, we want to talk about when you were baptized. When you were baptized. Appreciate that, brothers. Got that up. Do you all remember when you were baptized? Do you remember? You sure you remember? Were you, were you thrilled? Amen. You were excited. Amen. Some of you maybe even cried, right? Yes. Nothing wrong with that. That's something to be rejoiceful about. Amen. Do you remember the promises made involving being baptized? This morning's lesson is going to be kind of a review. Shouldn't be anything new. Just simply should be a review to just reinforce what you're supposed to already know to help remind you of the commitment that you have made to Christ. Nothing new. Just a reminder. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4. The Bible says, suffer not your mouth to make a vow if you don't plan on honoring it. And keeping it. And it goes on to say, because God takes no pleasure with fools. He said, if you're going to make a vow, you better make it your business to honor it. Because He takes no pleasure in people who don't honor their vow. You read it for yourself, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4 and following. It just simply, par- I'm paraphrasing it, but it simply states. <coughs> Excuse me. Devil don't want me to preach a lesson this morning. It simply states, if you make a vow, you better keep it. And if God calls you a fool, you're in a world of trouble. Amen. Amen. So, when you were baptized, all religions have something they call baptism. Therefore, we can know that it is important to all. It is not optional, and from the Bible, we know that it is still important. Amen? Amen. The Bible says there is one baptism, Ephesians 4 and 5. This means that 
there are some details that are necessary in dealing with baptism. It must be the right person. So what do you mean the right person? It must be a person that believes. If you don't believe, why are you getting baptized? Right? In Mark 16, 15, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So it involves the right person. A person with some understanding. Because without understanding, how can you believe? So you just can't do it just for the show of doing it. Because that would invalidate what you're doing. So it requires a believer. Were you a believer when you got baptized? I hope so. I hope so. Babies are not candidates for scriptural baptism. What does a baby believe? Huh? Well, if they don't believe anything, I mean, why, why is it necessary for them to be baptized? Folks say, well, they're not really being baptized. It's a christening. Why does a baby need christening? Huh? What sin has a baby committed? So why do you need to pour water, dip them in water, do anything, even relating to water, concerning a baby? That's false doctrine. That's false teaching. Then some people say, well, it's just a dedication. You want to dedicate a child to the Lord. You raise them up and teach them. The word of God. Train them up in the way in which they should go. That's how you dedicate a child unto the Lord. Through your teaching, through your reinforcing of God's word in their lives. Not being their friend, not being their buddy, but being a parent. Amen? It must be the right action. A burial and resurrection. Romans 6, 3 and 4, Colossians 2 and 4. It must be the right action. Not a sprinkling of water over somebody's head. Not tarrying for the Holy Ghost. Not getting down on the morning's bench calling out Jesus, 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 Jesus. The biblical examples we have all deal with a burial. Acts 2.38, which was read into your hearing. The Bible says that they were commanded to be baptized. You read about the encounter with uh, Philip in the unit. The unit commanded the chariot. I believe in Acts chapter 9. He commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water. There was a burial. And there was a resurrection just like our Lord and Savior, right? He was crucified. He was buried. But guess what? He got up. See, we we will be wasting our time here today. We will be wasting our time even calling ourselves Christians or anything else if Jesus had not gotten up. See, folks, the, the glory and the power was in the resurrection. If he had not gotten up, what would be the purpose? What would be our hope? We would have no hope. 
Because there would not have been a conquering of the grave. There would not have been a conquering over sin. The sting of death would still be stinging. But our hope is in the fact that Jesus got up. And that's why when we are buried, the immersion into the water, we come back up. You don't baptize somebody and just take them down and leave them there. You bring them up. And after you bring them up, guess what? The Bible says that they are a new creature. Where? In Christ. Not of themselves. Through that motion, through that operation, they have been purchased. Do you, do you remember the purchasing that took place when you were baptized? Did anybody explain to you that you were no longer your own anymore? After you went down into the water of grave of baptism. Did anybody explain to you that it wasn't about you anymore? It was all about Christ. Did anybody explain to you Matthew 16, 24 that you have to deny yourself. And it ain't about what you want. It's about what God wants. You say, well, brother, nobody taught me that. Nobody. Well, you better check yourself. Because it requires the right action, a burial and resurrection. And for the burial and resurrection to be legitimate, there still must be an understanding. There still must be an understanding. One of your brothers get Colossians 2 and 4. Romans 6, 3 and 4. The Bible said that we are buried with him into his death. And just as he was raised up from the dead. Guess what? So are we. We put the old man to death. Right? Right? Oh, y'all talk to me today. Colossians 2 and 4. The Bible says what? Now this I say. At least anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Colossians 2 and 4. Keep going. Keep going. Well, now I... Try, try 12. 12. There you go. My mistake on this. In which you also were raised with him through faith. Read that again. Read that again. Buried with him in baptism. Uh huh. In which you also were raised with him through faith. In the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now, did, did, did you hear that? Buried with him. Not sprinkle. You didn't pray your way into salvation. You didn't cry your way into salvation. You didn't see a light in the midst of darkness and cry out and say, Jesus, come into my heart. You bear it with him in baptism. <clears throat> and so the same, just as Jesus was raised up from the dead on the third day by the Father, guess what? So are we risen up in the newness of life. See, he died bearing the sins of mankind on his shoulder. That's why his father had to turn away from him. But he got up, folks. He got up conquering sin. Sin had weighed him down. But he got up a victorious savior. He got up conquering sin. That's why the Bible teaches us we're no longer entangled or a slave to sin anymore. 
We are free to serve Jesus. We are free to live a holy and righteous life. The only way you become entangled in sin because you choose to go back to it. Or you haven't left it in the beginning. It must be for the right purpose. Acts 2.38 and Acts 22 and 16. It must be for the right purpose. Now, what do you mean for the right purpose? Because everybody who run down front and come down front, they're not doing it for the right reason. Some people, in my observance, being brought up in the church, and some people come down to get baptized because, guess what? Somebody in the church, they want to marry. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Some do it just to get people off their back. Some people do it just to make the parents happy or the grandparents happy. But that is not the reason you get baptized. Acts 2.38, Peter commanded them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for what reason? You get baptized because you want to be saved, to get rid of your sin, to, to stop being an enemy of the cross. That's why you get baptized. You don't want to go to hell. You want God's favor. You want to be entitled. You want to be enrolled in the spiritual blessings that are available. You don't do it to please people. Acts 22 and 16, Paul gives the the, uh, the recount of his conversion. The Bible said Paul was explaining that he was down praying. He was kneeling down praying. And one came unto him and asked, why tarryest thou? Arise and be baptized, washing away your sin, then calling on the name of the Lord. See, there's an order there. Arise. Your praying ain't going to get you in, bruh. Arise and be baptized. Amen? Amen. Through baptism, your sins are remitted. They're forgiven. They're washed away. Then you can call on the name of the Lord. Because calling on him outside of Christ ain't going to do you any good. If you don't believe me, read John 9, 31. Paul gave that account. He said he obeyed it. He was baptized. Guess what? He received his sight back. And everything from that point on, it was on with, with uh, Saul. Then his name later was changed to Paul. But him being down praying was not going to convert him into Christianity. The commandment was given for him to be baptized. Amen. And what was the reason? To wash away his sins. God is not going to deal with us in a sinful manner. It's against God's nature to deal with us. That's why we have Jesus. Our mediator, right? right? It must bring the right results. Salvation. Acts 2 and 47. Let's go back and read Acts 2 and 47. Somebody get 1 Peter 3, 21. 
And then get 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. It must bring the right results. Salvation. Because if you do any of these things wrong, you're not saved. If you did it without understanding, you're not saved. Because how can it be justified? How can it be valid if you didn't understand and you didn't know what you were doing? You have to understand. Say, so Brother May, why are you preaching this lesson? And all of us, we're, uh, we're members of the church. I've been to church all this time. But guess what? I come to learn folks sit on a pew for 50 years and still can't tell you what they must it, tell somebody what they must do to be saved. Acts 2 47, the Bible says what? Praising God. See, when you have the right person, the right action, the right purpose, it's going to bring about the right results, which the Lord will add you into his church. But that's only when you have the right person, a believer, a believer, not just saying I believe in God. You got to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And not only just believing that Jesus Christ is the son of God. You need to accept and obey and believe that his word is the final authority on all matters. See the problem we're having in the church and in the world today is. Jesus word is not considered the final authority on matters anymore. That's the major problem we're having. Everybody want to invoke their opinion. Yeah, you're entitled to an opinion. But your opinion will never supersede and overrule what the word of God says. You got the right person, a believer. You got the right action, a burial and a resurrection You're doing it for the right purpose. You're going to get the right results. You're going to receive salvation, folks. It's just that simple. You say, well, Brother May, how come these folks out in denomination don't understand? You know what? They understand. They understand. They just don't want to obey it. There were nations and nations of people in the Old Testament that God told Israel, stay away from. Did those nations know God? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They knew about God, but they they rejected him. And God told Israel, you stay away from them because I know them. I know those rascals. There's, There's some crazy folks. They do stuff that will pervert you. They do things that will turn your heart away from me. You stay away from them. Guess what, folks? Ain't nothing new under the sun. You, you, you get emotional thinking that, man, all these people out there, they, they don't know. They know. They know. They know. But they refuse to humble themselves to the mighty hand of God. They refuse to accept the fact that Jesus is Lord and it's his way or no way.
They have put traditions over the truth. Amen. And because traditions makes it easier and it's, it's more ticklish to their ears, they rather have tradition. Amen, walls. Amen. So it brings about the right result, salvation. 1 Peter 3.21, I quote it. The light figure, wherein to baptism doth also now save us. Not to put in the way of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. When you obey and you do what God tells you to do, you can have peace. You don't have to sit stressed out, worried. You don't have to live your life talking about, I hope when I die. I hope I'm safe. You should live your life knowing you're saved. Well, folks, if obeying the gospel don't reassure you that you're saved, what will? Amen. Been in the church 40 years, still talking about something. I, I hope I make it. Why wouldn't you? I only know of one thing that can keep you from being saved. Sin. Now, you would say, I'm trying to be funny. I'm being disrespectful. If I ask you, what, what sin are you doing? What you mean? You judge me. What sin? Well, it's only one thing that will hinder you from being saved. You talk about, I hope I make it. Man, if I've done what the Lord told me to do, the results are right. Amen. Why don't we live as if we believe? First thing, you need a believer. Right? So if I believe enough to want to be baptized, I should believe following the baptism that I am saved. Amen. Amen. Folks, I'm telling you, it's, it's simple teaching. So we have a question. What happened when you were baptized? Consider these thoughts. You confess Jesus was the son of God. Romans 10. Matthew 10, 32. Or did you? And the reason, I, the reason I put it that way, people say things with their mouth, but their heart is somewhere else. Amen. And see, that's the beauty about Christianity. God looks at the heart. So believe it or not, this, this lesson, which should be a refresher lesson, you say, I don't know why you're preaching this. This is something you need to be preaching in a Bible class to people who don't believe. No, this lesson may bring about the opportunity for somebody to get saved. Amen. Because you didn't do it right the first time. You accepted Jesus as Lord in Christ, Acts 2.36. Or did you? Huh? Because if, if you accepted, if you entered into this covenant and accepted Jesus as Lord in Christ, he's your king, right? Yeah. And whatever the king say, what does the servant do? Do it. You obey. Do you? Hmm. You agree, you entered into a covenant, 
that all future decisions are to be made by Christ. Your head. Amen? Amen. He is the head, right? He's the head of the church. He's in fire, right? He's the savior of the body, right? He's in fire, right? So you agree, you entered into this covenant saying, not my will, but thy will be done, and that all future decisions are to be made by Christ. Lord, if it's your will. Right? You died. Is that still the way you live? Is that still the way you live? I didn't ask you the textbook answer. Well, that's the way it was supposed. That's not what I ask you. Is that the way you are living now? Do you still consult him? Do you still acknowledge him? When his word says that is wrong, do you still say, I'm going to obey you? When his word say, don't do this. Do you still acknowledge him as king and Lord? When his word says, don't forsake the assembly. Do you still attend the way you should? Or I could go on and on. I could go on and on. When his word commands about you giving up your first fruit. Are you still listening to the king? Because he is king, right? It is a covenant that you entered into, right? And that's why I began the lesson in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Hey, when you don't honor a vow, God said, I'm I'm going to deal with you. He said, don't take pleasure with fools. So what are you saying, brother? You calling me now? The word of God is calling you what is calling you. If you're not honoring and doing what you're supposed to do. You said no to self. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. You denied yourself. You accepted the purchase. That Jesus made with his blood of your life. Because remember, folks, through the blood, we are redeemed. We had no value. We had no worth. We were, we were of no use, of no good to God outside of Christ. Ephesians chapter 2. Rebellious. Alienated. But God, right? But God. So we were purchased with the blood of Jesus. Guess what? Made alive. Made valuable. We are his workmanship. Custom design. That we might show forth the praises of him. To glorify him. To let the world know how great of a God it is that we serve. Amen? Amen? Are you still denying yourself? Or are you sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're just ready to give up and y'all churched out? You know, people become like that. 
People look out in the world, they see other people doing things, and they say, well, I just don't get it. I'm sick and tired. I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to do right. And they, they get the new cars, and they get the promotions on the job, and it seems like they're getting all the good stuff, and here I am. All I get is a fight with the devil. Not understanding, folks, God got his, he got his hand of protection around you. So are you still denying yourself? Is it still, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done? Or have you strayed away? Have you converted back to, Lord, I, I, what, how, how do we put it? Forgive me. I know what I'm getting ready to do is wrong. So forgive me. Is that crazy or what? Amen. But don't we do it? Have a, I, anybody ever done it other than me? Huh? Lord, I, I know. Forgive me. I know what I'm getting ready to do is wrong. But I went on did it anyway. See, that's not denying yourself. That's... That's living a life that you think you know what you're doing and you won't have the faintest idea. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. Did you really say and agree to these things before being baptized? A proper baptism requires a proper understanding prior to going into the water. Did you have a proper understanding? Because, see, a proper understanding, we should still be rejoicing because we have favor with the Lord and he keeps adding to the church. And we should still be in fellowship one with another and just building one another up. Amen. Because we know in whom we believe. But, folks, if my belief wasn't right in the beginning. Nothing else can be right following that. So I asked you this morning. Was your belief correct? I'm not asking you. That how come you know more now than what you knew then? You should know more now. But it goes back to the initial point. Did you believe? Did you believe? Did you understand? Because see, if you didn't understand, guess what? You're not going to do it. Baptism isn't something that you just spring on folks and surprise them with. You're supposed to have a thorough understanding of what you're getting into. Amen. A covenant. This past week, we went and closed on that property next door. I was there representing the church doing the business. And you know what? All these papers and everything. And you know what? Thank goodness they sent them to me in advance to read over them. Or we would have been sitting there a long time. You don't just go through signing stuff and just. <clears throat> Same about your soul. You just don't do something to please somebody or to get somebody off your back. Amen. This is a living 
God you're dealing with. And he takes no pleasure with fools. Amen? God sent his son, no one else, into the world to save the world. Salvation is his way or no way. Are you saved today according to the scriptures or according to something else that you think you're saved? Mama-ology, daddy-ology, girlfriend-ology, boyfriend-ology, to please someone else ahead of God, to get someone off your back. Did you fall in one of these categories? Because if you did, you're not saved. Salvation. Baptism is for the remission of sin. It simply means you understand that you are an enemy of God. You are an enemy of the, of the cross. And you need to do something to change your status. To change your relationship from enemy to saint. And that's through the obeying and understanding of the gospel. And that brings you into salvation. None of this this does. It gives you temporary relief to get what you want or get somebody off your back. But God knows your heart, folks. And we forget. We forget. In Acts chapter 2, something so profound. It says, and the Lord added. To the church. Daily. What? Such. As should be. Saved. See, that's what makes the church of Christ so. Different. That's what makes it. Above all the rest. That's what makes it. The church of. Christ. Because the Lord. Adds. You can't vote anybody in. You know what? Nobody could get, nobody could enter into the church of Christ under false pretense. Now, you may fool some of us on earth, but guess what? You're fooling yourself thinking you're a member. Because the Lord knows your heart. Amen. And see, that's why judgment belongs to who? It belongs to God. And that's why judgment is first going to begin in the house of God. And guess what, folks? A lot of folks we may have thought had it together. It may end up that they didn't. And people that we probably figured wouldn't make it. It just might. But Peter said this, save yourself. From this untoward generation. Quit trying to play God. And save yourself. Is your calling and election sure this morning? Make it right. What do you need to do? Obey the Lord. That's all. You You see how simple that is. You see how simple that is. Just do what the Lord commands you to do. That's the lesson, folks. That's the lesson. It's that simple. But you know what? As simple as that is, 
Many people are going to be lost. Many people are going to be lost. I hope and pray that everyone under my voice this morning will examine themselves and really just be honest and humble themselves and ask themselves, did I do it right? Because see, here's the the thing, folks. If you didn't do it right, God has blessed you with life to get it right. If you sit in here this morning and you're going to admit I didn't do it right and then continue on and don't do anything about it and die in your sins, there is no salvation. And on top of it, what are you going to say? Lord, I didn't know you knew because you said to yourself and God knew your heart that you didn't do it right. So instead of humbling yourself and doing it right. Your pride kept you from doing the right thing. Folks, one thing we don't need in the camp is sin. You know, you look at the story of Joshua. And one thing that always got Israel in trouble was when sin got in the camp. God knew when sin was in the camp. And don't think God isn't aware when sin is in our camp. Don't be a curse on yourself. Don't be a curse on your family. Don't be a curse on the congregation as a whole. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or blemish. And if if, if it doesn't bother you... Being among the saints, being a blemish, being a spot, bringing negativity and, 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 and uh, 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 a shameful recourse on the church. Guess what? You're going to answer for it one day. Because you never know how many people you cause to stumble. Amen. So this morning, I simply say, examine your heart. If you didn't do it right. Let's get it right. This, deal, this could be your day of salvation. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> You've heard what one must do. Now you need to do a deal with the pride. Get it out of the way. Because before every great fall, pride is present. Don't let pride get you in trouble today. What's our song, folks? 598. 598 is